Hey everybody, thank you for choosing the Richlands Tabernacle Podcast. Right here every Thursday you will hear two new sermons from the church that were delivered either by Pastor Horton or one of the other ministers from the church. We hope you enjoy. God bless. Jesus, my way. Walk with 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 Jesus
singing, but I want my wife to come if, if that's all right with you. Is that all right with you? <clears throat> I 
I, I was talking to somebody the other day. I don't know, it may have been Brother Philip, somebody the other day, but uh, we had a little youth rally back about a month or so ago, and you know we didn't we didn't even advertise it. Just trying to have a few this year, and I saw more people come out to our church than I guess I have seen since I've been there in five years. And then I then I heard about. Now, I, that, that's, that's not counting count meeting, but that's counting the church building. But then I heard about what the Lord was doing here last week, and I called Brother Philip, and then, and then I heard you, you went on this week, and so glad that I get to come and be a part of it. We was, we was going to come if you had church last week on Friday, but you didn't. So then he called me back and said, we're going on this week, and I was really glad to come, and especially... To be a part of it and I heard about the people that were coming and the wonderful services that you were having you know what it tells me folks are hungry for God are you hungry for God wave at me tonight if you're hungry for God <laughs> that's encouraging because because he said blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled I'm looking for God to give us something tonight. How many's looking for God to give us something here tonight? I believe he'll do it. Let's just enter in here tonight and worship God. I sure enjoy hearing you all sing. Is this microphone on? Okay, sorry. Appreciate the Lord. I'm looking forward to going to heaven. And uh, I don't think it's going to be very far away. And um, it, we have a lot to look forward to. And I praise the Lord for helping us and touching us tonight. And I'm asking God to move and to fill with the Holy Ghost and to help you all and help us too. And uh, it's just good to be here. Yeah. 
and the opportunity to be here tonight. Matthew's Gospel in the third chapter tonight. When you have it, say amen. We'll start reading about the fourth verse. Would you slip a hand up towards heaven and ask God to help us tonight? Father, thank you for the Word of God. Thank you for the people of God and the Spirit of God. And I ask you tonight, Lord, to let your word go forth that's already anointed. And oh God, you said that it would not return void. Bring us in an altar and do something for your name's sake. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. The church said amen. amen. I talked to Brother Philip on the phone last night and I said, How, how'd it go? Did you have a good meeting? He said, I left at 10 o'clock and they were still shouting. I thought, that sounds like a good meeting. So I hope, I hope you're planning on picking up where you left off last night. Matthew's Gospel, third chapter, begin reading in verse number four. And the same John had his raiment of camel's hair and a leathern girdle about his loins, and his meat was locust and wild honey. What a dinner. Then went out unto him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about and were baptized of him in Jordan confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come, bring forth therefore fruits, meat for repentance. What a message. And think not to say within yourselves we have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water under repentance. But. He that cometh after me 
is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Oh, glory to God. How many people have been baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire? I want to preach to you tonight, if the Lord would help me, from this well-known statement of John the Baptist in verse 11 about he that shall come after me and that he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And the Lord would help me tonight. I want to preach there's something better coming. Oh, I'd have loved to have been there when John was preaching. I'd have loved to felt the anticipation that was in the air. I like anticipation. I think sometimes God uses anticipation to help his people. I read over in the book of Genesis... Shortly after the fall of man, when God is dealing with Adam and Eve and the serpent, and all of that awful pronouncement of judgment is falling down upon them, and they find that that there's a death sentence on them, and they're driven from that paradise, the Garden of Eden. There's something that God does in the midst of all that. He gives them a word of hope and an anticipation. Even though all of this is happening, he lets Eve know that her seed, there's somebody going to come as a descendant of her and Adam, and that seed is going to bruise the seed of the serpent. In other words, this is bad right now, but there's something good that's about to happen. There's something good down the road. And so don't, don't fret completely because I've got some good plans up ahead of you. I want to tell you, as I read through the scripture, I find that message resonating with the people of God. And given as a message of hope from God's ministers all through both the Old and the New Testament, something better's coming. Something better's coming. Hallelujah. They, they, they were looking for him. Eve was looking for that promised child. She thought uh, Cain was him. And she named Abel a name that meant vanity. And we find out that neither Cain nor Abel was the promised son. And humanity looked and looked and looked for him. But I'm telling you, one day he came. And I want to tell you something else. One day he's going to come again. And we're living between those wonderful bookmarks of the first and the second appearance of our Lord Jesus Christ. So if anybody ought to believe the message of something good coming, it ought to be me and you that are sitting here tonight. Amen. Amen. John was the forerunner. To that first appearance of Christ. And as much as he was a forerunner to Jesus Christ. His baptism was a forerunner to the Christian baptism. Now don't, don't let that throw you there. I, there's, there's some things about 
our Christian baptism that are similar to John's baptism. But even John says it. Even John talks about it while he's baptizing people. I indeed baptize you with water, but there's something better just around the corner. Oh, hallelujah. We're on the verge of it. I don't, I don't mean to demean John's ministry or his baptism. But the New Testament plainly teaches us that it was a transitionary rite. We still baptize with water. And uh, we, we do it according to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 19. We baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And so in essence... The Christian baptism, or at least part of it, in essence, it's the same as John's. It's in water, but there's something different about it. And Jesus spelled it out very clearly there in the Gospel of Matthew. He gave that commandment at the end of the Gospel of Matthew, verse 19 of chapter 28. But here in the beginning of the book of Matthew, we see John giving a representation of the fullness of what God is about to open up in this world. Oh, I need the Holy Ghost to help me in this house tonight. John's baptism was something that could be seen physically. People, people went out into the wilderness to hear John and to see what was going on. I've thought about that before. John's message was powerful and his ministry was anointed by God. He didn't have a visitation program. There was, there was no bus ministry. There was none of the things that have been used in the modern world to draw a crowd. It was just John. He wasn't even preaching in a convenient place on a street corner in the busy city of Jerusalem. He was out in the wilderness preaching the word of God. But the buzz began to get around that there's someone out there in the wilderness and you ought to hear him. We've not figured out who he is. We've asked him if he's that prophet. We've asked him if he's the Messiah. And all we can get out of him is, I'm a voice crying in the wilderness. Make plain the way for the coming of the Lord. And here they came out into the wilderness by the riverside to hear the preaching and the ministry of John the Baptist. Baptizing them. In water, something physical that could be seen by everybody. But even though it was something physical that everybody could see, there was a spiritual a aspect to it. The Bible says here that it was a baptism of repentance. Oh, hallelujah. Even in Acts 19, it is called a baptism of repentance. And so something's going on that everybody can see. But something else is going on down in the hearts of men that everybody may not see, but it is more real than what's going on to the visible eye. There's a revival. There's a revival that's being stirred in the land at the preaching of John the Baptist. You see, when John came on the scene, the Jewish religion... 
had degenerated into just a dead, empty, formal, outward show. I don't want to have a religion that's nothing but something that's outward and dead and an outward show. And that's what it had turned into. Now, now granted, God had given them some things to do that were outward, things that could be seen. But, but the Jewish religion, even though it had to do with sacrifices and ceremonies and outward washings and all of these different things, the intent of God was to provoke an inward response to all of the things that he had included in that Jewish religion. And in John's day, all it was was an outward show. And for the most part, in a lot of people's lives, it had become something formal and something dead and something outward. And John comes to reconnect the spiritual aspect of God's religion, hallelujah, to the Jewish outward actions. He's got an outward action and it's baptism. But oh my, he's Preaching about repentance and he's telling them before he'll ever baptize them in water you need to bring forth meat for repentance you need to show some evidence of the fact that something has happened on the inside we've had enough dead outward show what we need is something that's going to change you down on the inside here they came here they came they flocked to hear him. They responded. The Bible tells us that even Herod heard him gladly and did many things at the preaching of John the Baptist. But here's what I want to tell you. His baptism and his ministry was just a forecast of what was just around the corner. Oh, hallelujah. John pointed to an inward change. John had a baptism that was an outward testimony. But John said, there's something better coming. There's something better coming. There's someone better coming. Can you imagine it? Can you imagine the buzz that's going around? Have you heard this guy preach? They hadn't heard preaching like this in 400 years. They hadn't been excited about a preacher in 400 years. They had had silence. For you, you think 2020 was bad? Can you imagine that dark time in the history of the nation of Israel? And all of a sudden, this fellow stands up... And he says, I'm a voice. I'm a voice. I'm a voice speaking for God. But all of a sudden that voice says, one day, you think this is good? Let me tell you something. There's somebody else that's on the scene. There's somebody else that's about to arrive. There's something else that he's going to do. I know what God is doing right now is good. But something better is just around the corner. I'm telling you, I'm anticipating that God is going to do something good for us in this generation. I'm 
glad to hear of all that God has done in former generations. But I'm here to tell you He's the God of the living. And He's here to do it again. Oh, lift your hand and say, do it again, Lord. Even Paul talked about John's baptism that way. He clearly taught it was a forecast of something better. Acts 19, he gets down to Ephesus and he finds certain disciples down there. He could tell that something had happened to them. But he could also tell that they evidently didn't have everything that they could have. And so he asked them a question that seemed obvious to him. He said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, we've not even heard there was a Holy Ghost. Well... This is another proof that we're supposed to baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Because Paul said, how were you baptized then? Because Paul knew how to baptize according to Jesus' instructions in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. You've not heard of the Holy Ghost. How were you baptized then? We were baptized unto John's baptism. Got it. I know where you're at. Then said Paul, John, verily baptized the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him. And that is on Christ Jesus. You've heard a good message from a good man, but I'm here to tell you the rest of the story. What John also preached is there's somebody else coming. And he's going to bring the fullness of the message. And he's not just going to baptize you in water. But he'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Oh, you're not helping me tonight. Something else is coming. Someone else is coming. He's got a baptism. And I'm just here to get folks ready. I'm going to tell you something. We've got something wonderful here tonight that we need to tap into. With Christianity, well, the way I look at it, with Christianity, there's three baptisms. There's the baptism into the body of Christ. There's the baptism in water in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. And there's the baptism with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Oh, hallelujah. I want every one of them. How about you tonight? Come on, Brother Steve. I don't want to preach long tonight, but I'm going to baptize you here. Come on up here. Just stand, stand up on one of these steps here so people can see you real good. Amen. When Jesus came, the first part of the Christian baptism is when we become a believer. We are baptized into the body of Christ. 
This is how Paul describes it in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. He says, for by one spirit, by one spirit, are we all baptized into one body. Oh, hallelujah. He tells us in that same chapter that ye are the body of Christ. But here he's telling us what happens when we get saved. By one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles. Whoa, whoa, that's a message that hadn't been preached. We understand that Jews are God's people, but now there's a body. It is the body of Christ. And whether we be Jew or Greek, Jew or Gentile, we're baptized in the body of Christ. Whether we be bond or free, we have been all made to drink in one spirit. I'm here to tell you tonight, I am glad to be not just a member of the bond holiness church I'm glad tonight to be a member of the body of Christ the world had never seen God like it did when Jesus came God worked it out in his divine wisdom that one day the second person Of the Trinity, omniscience, omnipotence, and omnipresence. Oh, hallelujah to the Lamb of God. The second person of the Trinity would come down to this world in a human body. The angel spoke to Mary and told her that she was going to be the vessel through which Eve's promise was going to come to pass through which Isaiah's prophecy behold a virgin shall conceive was going to be made real Mary was a willing vessel but she did not understand how she not knowing a man could be the mother of the Christ child and she asked the question how shall this be seeing I know not a man and the angel had a ready answer for her the Holy Ghost oh hallelujah the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee and that holy thing which is born in thee shall be called the Son of God I'm here to tell you you tonight that the Holy Ghost is the one who formed the first body of Christ a man in the womb of Mary and brought him forth and anointed him and gave him a powerful ministry until he was crucified resurrected and ascended up to the right hand of the Father but this is what he said greater works than these shall you do Because I go to my Father. I'm not done baptizing yet, brother. You haven't even got through the first baptism yet. I got two more to go. Amen. Come on back up here in a baptismal pool, brother Steve. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you that that same Holy Ghost 
that made the first body of Christ, Brother Randy, that miraculous thing that God did, Brother Philip Horton, when he created a human body that the second person of the Trinity got down inside of. I'm here to tell you, the night I got saved, there is another body of Christ, and that is the church. And the night I got saved, Brother Steve, he baptized me into the body of Christ are you listening to me here tonight I'm not just somebody that has a title I'm somebody that's part of a body and it's a wonderful body a glorious body it is the body of Christ Oh, I'm not making this plain enough. Amen. I'm not making it plain enough for you're getting it here tonight. Do you realize tonight you're not just a member of King Mountain Church? You're not just a member of the Richlands Tabernacle. You, if you're saved, are a member of the body of Christ. I'm telling you, what a body, what a glorious body. If the hem of his garment could bring a revival, what can the body of Christ see happen? Brother Randy, yours, Pastor, come on over here. There's another baptism. The first one is when the Holy Ghost baptized us into the body the second one as an outward profession of that inward work kind of like John the Baptist but a whole lot better I said a whole lot better the preacher is the agent and he baptizes us in water in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy Ghost. Do you know, do you know, John the Baptist baptism brought the Old Testament to its pinnacle. And one day, while he was baptizing, his ministry hit the pinnacle of his ministry and Old Testament ministry. That first body of Christ. Hallelujah. Walked down in the water. He knew no sin. And John didn't want to baptize him. And Jesus said, suffer it to be so now to fulfill all righteousness. This is what the Father wants me to do. And this is what the Spirit is leading me to do. And so John did what Jesus said. And he baptized him in the Jordan River. And when he did, the heavens opened up. And a voice came thundering. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. 
And the Spirit did something so unique that he had not done. He did it that day. He took up a bodily form, the form of a dove, and he descended down on Jesus. And John said, I knew it was him because he had already told me, he on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, that is him. John hit the peak of his ministry. And the Old Testament didn't fully understand it. But right here, John is opening the door from the old to the new. And right here at his baptism, we see a revelation of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. But I'm here to tell you, what was the pinnacle of the Old Testament is the platform of the New Testament baptism. That's where John's ended. But that's where Jesus starts. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. I'm here to tell you, We've got a glorious baptism in the church. Oh, lift your hands and ask God to help me tonight. I'm weak in my body, but I feel good in my soul tonight. How many will pray for this preacher? How many will ask God to help me preach for about five more minutes here? I'd like to have an altar call in this house here tonight. I'd like to see somebody get filled with the Holy Ghost. Anybody here need the Holy Ghost? How many of you have been filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance? Wave your hand. If you couldn't wave your hand, I want you to get so hungry tonight. How many of you hand wavers would say, it was so good the first time, I think I'll do it again. Brother Randy, I've been married over 25 years. I finally got enough faith to get married, Brother Randy. You remember when you told me I needed faith to get married. You remember that, amen. Yeah, God helped me somewhere along the way. Yeah. And Kim was going through a time where she couldn't see good. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. And I proposed to her. Yeah. And she, she couldn't think good either. She said yes. Oh, yeah. That's mercy of the Lord, brother. And when she got healed, she was already married to me. Yeah. And she's such a good woman, she stuck with me for 25 years. Yeah, brother John, it felt so good when I took her down there to Lake Cumberland. To that little place where I often went to pray. And I took her down there. And we had some time in prayer. And then I asked her to be my bride. It felt so good that day. That every now and then I'll catch her in the kitchen. Or the living room. And I'll say will you marry me. And she says yes every time. Oh, I wish I could preach to you here tonight. I'm telling you, I remember when I got filled with the Holy Ghost. I could tell you where I was at and what I was doing. And it's so wonderful. I'd like to get it all over again. Hallelujah. There's one coming after me. There's another baptizer. There's another baptism. I'm standing in the water. I'll baptize you in the water. But somebody else is coming. And I'm not talking about water baptism. I'm talking about baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. 
It's more than I contain. The Holy Ghost baptizes me in the body of Christ. And Jesus Christ baptizes me in the Holy Ghost. I've got hope. I've got hope. I've got hope tonight. I'm baptized not in a force. I'm baptized into a person. If there ever was a ministry or a body of Christ that could have operated without the Holy Ghost, it would have been Jesus Christ. I said, if there was one who could have. I did not say that is what he did. Peter said how Jesus of Nazareth in Acts 10.38 was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power and went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. But suffer me two minutes just to explain it. As best as I see it from the Bible. Wave at me if you'll hang with me for just a minute here. Jesus was a man. And yet at the same time, Jesus was God. Oh, God, help me here tonight. He said, I and my Father are one. Oh, hallelujah. As a man, Jesus said, my Father worketh hitherto, and I work. As a man, Jesus didn't do anything. Until it was the clear revealed will of the father to him. His mother said, do something. They have no wine. And Jesus said, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. And every time I read that, I feel like he was on minute number 57. Because within just a few minutes, his hour had come. But he must display to the world that he was not working at the bidding of any human voice. Even if it was the voice of his mother who was so tender and dear. It must be the voice of my father. How is it that ye sought me? Wish ye not that I must be about my father's business. But when the father willed it and the spirit empowered him then he stepped out and when he stepped out he was more than just a man he operated in unison with the triune God like he always had and it was an operation of the father and the son and the Holy Ghost but now that body's up there Oh, don't get quiet on me now. Because this body of Christ is here. 
If that first body of Christ operated in the power of the Holy Ghost, how much more do we need the power of the Holy Ghost tonight? Do I have any singers in the building? I know I do. Stand with me if you're a singer tonight. Man, they learn how to not sing. Stand with me if you're a singer tonight. Oh, God, I know there's more in that mass choir than this handful that's standing up right now. I'm going to tell you what we need tonight, Brother Philip Porton. We need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I will pray with the understanding and I will pray with the Spirit. I will sing with the understanding. Come on now. How many will wave a hand and say, I, by the grace of God, want to sing with the Spirit? Do I have any musicians that aren't already standing tonight? Would you join this crowd here tonight? Come on, any musicians that aren't singers? Amen. I got a few come stepping up here tonight. I'm going to tell you what. If we ever needed musicians to praise Him on the cymbals, praise Him on the strings, and praise Him with all of those instruments, hallelujah, anointed by the Holy Ghost, we need it now! But you don't have to be a preacher! Do I have any preachers in this building tonight? Stand with me. You don't have to be a singer. You don't have to be a musician. If you're here tonight and you're saved, hallelujah, you're part of the body of Christ. If you're saved, I want you to stand with me in this house tonight. All across this building, you've been saved. You've been washed in the blood of Jesus. Born again. Your sins have been washed away. Lift your hands and ask God to help us here tonight. I need to pray in church right now. Oh, come on, come on. You can pray better than that. indeed baptize you with water but there's one coming after me I took my little boy and I'm closing to youth camp about two years ago all I had was one service I could go to it was a day service on a Friday the camp was about over I don't remember what all was going on in my busy schedule brother Philip but that's all I could do and I took my boy I think I took all four of my children. I sat up on the front. They invited me to come up and sit on the pulpit, but I respectfully declined. I said, I'd like to sit with my boy here today. And we sat on the front row. And a young preacher got up that morning, Friday morning, and he preached on the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Levi was nine years old. And when they made the altar call, he was one of the first ones that hit the altar. And he threw his hands up. Hallelujah. And I got to praying with him. And I'm telling you, in just a little while, I saw my nine-year-old boy who had already been saved, Brother Philip, speaking with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. 
I've seen a nine-year-old boy get it. I've seen a six-year-old boy get it one time. One time in Catoosa, Oklahoma, I saw an 80-year-old woman come up to an altar and throw her hands up. And God filled an 80-year-old woman with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Brother Ralph Cox told me that was worth the whole revival. I'm here to tell you, I've seen with my own eyes. And I know if you're between 6 and 80, you can get the baptism of the Holy Ghost hallelujah I want to tell you what John said he shall you believe John knew what he was talking about you think John could get you baptized he said he shall He shall. Not he might. Not he wants to. He shall. How many believes that he shall? How many believes that somebody comes down to this altar and really is hungry for it and really wants it and really is willing to let him do what he wants to do? How many knows that he can, he will, and he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire? Brother Randy, I wasn't even asking God to give me the Holy Ghost when I got the Holy Ghost. I just threw my head back, my hands up, but more than anything, I threw my heart wide open. And right there in my bedroom, with my little mother knelt down beside me, the second person of the Trinity came into the room. How do you know the second person of the Trinity came into the worm? Because he's the one that baptized me in the third person of the Trinity. I had never heard anybody sing in tongues before, but I heard it that night as it rolled out of my being from the depths of my belly and I didn't just speak with tongues. I sang in another tongue. Me and Mama had church that night, Brother Randy. Message in tongues, interpretation, and I got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Can I get a witness here tonight? And I wasn't even in a revival on a Thursday night with 300 people. It was just me and my little mother and a wide open heart. But Jesus came in and he baptized me with the Holy Ghost. I am convinced he shall baptize you. What in the world are you waiting on? 
What, what in the world are you waiting on? Are you waiting on the third week of revival? I don't think I'd wait. I think I'd get out of that queue right now. And I'd march up to this altar. And I'd throw my hands up. And I'd throw my heart open. And I would believe God. I would believe that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Come on. Come on. Oh, come on. Come on. Come on. You need the Holy Ghost. You need a refilling of the Holy Ghost. This is the night. This is the time. This is the place. Oh, hallelujah. God's got something better for you, friend. I'm convinced of it. I am convinced of it. Come on tonight. Power just now. 
Just 